0: Hey there, and welcome to the Youth of the Nation podcast. This is episode nine, and I'm here with Matt Harder. Say what's up, Matt.
1: Hey, what's going on? How you doing, Nate?
0: I'm doing great, bro. So honored to have you on here and um, chat with you and have some talk with you, bro.
1: Bro, it's great to be on here.
0: Sweet, man. Well, cool. Well, of course, I sent you the questions before, um, but I'll ask you these. And My first question, this is my favorite question to ask to anybody, is who are you? And uh, what do you do in your community?
1: Yeah, who am I? Well, I'm a husband uh, to Kaylee. We uh, just celebrated five years and uh, have uh, four-year-old twins, Kingston and Kinley. And uh, they're a whole lot of fun. And uh, I'm also a youth pastor. I've been a youth pastor for uh, about eight years now. been involved in youth ministry for 14. And uh, for 12 of those years, it's been here at New Life Church. And uh, so, yeah, man.
0: That's awesome. Sweet. And um, I'm going to add a question to that. What's your why? Like, like why do you get up and do what you do?
1: Well, yeah, man. I mean, why? It all started with my calling at uh, 14 years old. Uh, Actually, I was 12 uh, years old at a, a small little Baptist church in Moses Lake, Washington. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, a, a missionary had come and visited the church. And that was the first time I'd heard that someone had given up their whole lives to tell people about Jesus. And so from that point at 12, I, I realized that it was so much more than what was going on on Sundays. And, yeah. um, and then 14 years old, I was at an Assembly of God youth ministry. And that's really where another missionary, a different one, uh, called out. said, there's one person here that's called into full-time ministry. And I felt that tug on my heart. And uh, that's why I do this. I do it because God has called me to do it. I do it because uh, this generation, in my uh, opinion, is the greatest uh, youth generation of all time. And if we can uh, win this generation, we really win the future. So that's what gets me out of bed every morning.
0: That's so good, bro. And yeah, I mean, that's why I have this podcast, you know, because me being 20, I'm from this generation. I want to encourage people that are, you know, helping lead this generation. Mm -hmm. You know, how do we do it and how do we do it together? You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: no, for sure. I love that. I mean, you can't really do it unless you're doing it together anyway. So
0: yeah, that's true, man. Um, That's so cool. Um, And that, you know, another question, adding one in, um, how would you encourage someone who is that 12 and 14 year old a uh, guy or girl that's you know called to ministry, uh, but they don't, you know, they haven't gotten that clear of a call yet, but they feel like, man, I feel like I should go this route. What what would be your encouragement for that person?
1: Yeah, well, I, I just I truly believe man, our calling uh, Mr. is I mean truly love God and love people. So I think sometimes yeah. you put an occupation on that. And I remember talking to my brother about this when he was graduating high school. He was just like, Hey I, I don't know what I'm gonna do. All my, my friends seem like they're being called in the ministry. What if I miss my calling? And I truly believe you're loving God and loving people, wherever you're at, however old you are, you're not missing your calling because we're all called to the same thing. And it's to do that. And um, and so really from that part, like when I was called into ministry, I had no idea what that looked like. I didn't know, that, uh, you know how that was gonna look in the church context or where I was gonna be doing ministry at. Um, from that moment, I realized people were going to hell and they needed somebody to tell them about Jesus. And yeah. so- That's where my calling comes from. So I'd encourage any young leader, especially in the day and age we live in now with just social media and comparing ourselves with other people's, other people's walks, how ministry looks to certain people and how it has manifested in certain people's lives. It's very easy to pinpoint one area or one person on how they do it and go, well, my life needs to look like that if I'm gonna make a difference. If I'm gonna be called into ministry, I need to be this kind of personality. Uh, When in fact, all you need to do is really truly 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 have that heart for god and people and you really god will lead you and guide you uh to your influence and your circle of influence
0: that's awesome man and that's huge about the occupation because that's i mean that's how i was at 15 you know my uh my pastor eddie was like dude you're gonna lead you're gonna lead the next generation and i was like oh cool so what's the money like where's the job at where am i getting all this from yeah he said no don't pay attention to that you're gonna do it uh because of the heart that god's given you and i was like and you know for 14 year old kid from the hood i was like what call are you talking about i need this paper um yeah but you know he kind of sat me down and explained to me uh the mission and uh it was it was dope so i really appreciate that matt that's really good yeah man. Um, and i asked that question because what's crazy is um i do ministry at health middle school mm-hmm. and i was i went over there and there was like 30 kids that were like hey i'm listening to your podcast and i was like that is so dope like it was so cool to see like You know, the generation now, you know, the greatest youth generation, like you were saying, is wanting to be encouraged. And I just know some of these kids don't even know Jesus, but they're just doing it uh, because they want to hear about him.
1: I love it. I love it, man.
0: Sweet. Cool, man. Well, my next question is, I see creativity and community um, are so huge and are almost so important in your ministry. um, As I like follow you on Instagram and just see your uh, youth ministries page and whatnot. How do you encourage students um, or young people to find and stay in community?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a huge question. I I actually think every student has found community. It's what kind of community are they creating? Yeah. And so, um, you know, every single kid has uh, some sort of community around them, whether it's uh, family, it's other friends. I mean, even, if you know, the outcast kid uh, tends to have at least one other person, you know, that they've connected with or they're connecting to, maybe from even afar. So that everyone is dealing with some sort of community. And so the question really that we have to ask ourselves is what are we, what kind of community are are, our students creating or are we um, creating? And so that really takes leadership. And it doesn't just take one person, it takes students and not even it doesn't, there's not an age to it. It's not like you're 30 years old, okay, you're a leader, so you're gonna help create a community that we'd like to create. Um, It's really like, hey, if you're a student, you're an influencer and so how what kind of community are you going to be influencing and so for next gen ministry with the leaders that that um that i'm around that i uh, put myself around that with the teams that we're building it's really you know what kind of uh community are you going to create because that floods down to our students and so for us it's every leader needs to create intentional biblical community and so um how that looks is, I mean, we really go from Acts 2.45. It's, you know, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone uh, who was in need. Uh, every day they continue to, to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together. And so really right there, I think so often uh, with creating community and welcoming community and Jesus community, because we're the church, and so we believe that the best community is, is a Jesus community. Yeah. Um, really, we got to start with breaking bread together. Uh, we got to start Come with, uh, you know, they sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who was in need. That's that's good deeds. It's got to start with the good, the good deeds um, with whatever community you're surrounding yourself. I mean, they met met in homes, so it doesn't have to be in church. It can be in homes yeah. at Starbucks. And so really encouraging even students that as you're in community, because you're naturally going to be in community on sports teams, uh, you know, if they're in band, Uh, If they're great in school, they're naturally connecting with certain students in their school. And so uh, uh, really, it's that first and foremost, you know, Jesus, you know, he healed people, but he uh, also ate with sinners, too. Yeah. And if we're going to create a a biblical, intentional biblical community, it's got to go so much farther than outside of a program or a church. It's really we are the people that are creating that. And so to get that DNA in our students that, yeah, we're going to have a Wednesday night gathering. Um, but that's just the cherry on top. I mean, the meat hmm. and the substance has got to go far beyond what the church can provide for you, um, but where your purpose is and where it's found. And so um, the good deeds is huge. And that scripture goes on to say they praised God and they enjoyed the favor of all people, not just people in the church, but all people. So not only did they have good deeds, but, um, you know, what follows good deeds is really goodwill. And so we no. know that we're, we're shaping this generation into the kind of community Jesus wants if they have goodwill with others, if they have favor with people. And, uh, and then it says the Lord added to their uh, number daily those who are being saved. And I love that. That's the good news. And so that's really how we base community and how we shape it. Um, it's not from one through one program. It's just everything that we do through our gatherings, through our social yeah. pop ups that we do outside of our gatherings. That's eating food together. You know, our social pop-ups at Dairy Queen last night, we're not getting the Bible out and going over Scripture. We're literally just connecting with the community and connecting with students as friends and creating a place where we're eating together, where we have that goodwill. And then, yes, let's share the good news. You know, they added to their number daily, and that's our prayer that God, we're not just having a social pop-up just for food, but at the end of the day, that is our prayer. As we have goodwill with people, as we build trust with others in this community, that literally were able to share the good news and it doesn't fall on uh, deaf ears and deaf hearts. So, yeah. uh, I, I don't know if that answered your question, but
0: no, nah, that, that was, that, that shattered my question, bro. <laughs> um, that was really good. Um, if I can, have you ever had any pushback to this kind of, I don't want to say method, but cause like I like young life believes in the same thing, like meet kids where they're at. Uh, that's what Jesus did, right? He met people where they were at and, I guess my question would be: Is like, have you had have, have you had any people be like, man, I don't know if this is if this is right, and I don't know if if I can be a part. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I think that um, the, the problem that we have had, in, in, at least in the local church, is at times people really do. Uh, if you've been in church for a while, you get used to programs and structure. Yeah. And, um, that's probably where the pushback can come sometimes is, well, what is the church providing that you, you said acts to all those things, but then what does the, uh, w- w- how long is your small groups? Uh, when do they meet? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the time frame that you do it? Uh, what scriptures are you going through are, yeah. Do you have a memory verse every week for these kids? And, uh, <laughs> so you have all that stuff. And, and, and also we base, uh, how we believe something should be done off of our experiences. Yeah. And so to really, the pushback that we've gotten would be that. And then when I'm having those conversations, I understand that people have met Jesus in different ways. It's the same Jesus, That's and it's the same grace, and it's the same truth, and it's still God's word that we stand on, and it's, it's God's final authority. Our authority comes from the Bible. But how people get to that, um, you know, this, this generation is, is a different generation because it's not what we know anymore because we know a lot of things. You, you, you can know anything you want off of just asking Siri.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and so this generation <laughs> is not concerned anymore with even information. There's so many information. You're, you're, you're going through your Instagram feed and you're seeing all these different uh, sponsors of people preaching messages. Yeah. And I think that's awesome because we want to utilize technology to the best of our abilities to get the good news out there. Yeah. But, but it's not any longer what you know because everybody is sharing what they know. Yeah. It, it's now what what have you experienced and so before we get to hey you know let's memorize some scripture and let's make sure we get and in, in, in let god's word transform our lives um it's not like hey let's what's let's know the bible it's how we how we how have we experienced the bible yeah. what is jesus how will we experience jesus and then it's how does the bible put meaning to those experiences so it's actually, it's a completely new, it's not a new way of doing things, but it's definitely this generation is no longer concerned with what you know. And in, in you know, in the early 2000s, a big quote that was going around is it's not what you know, it's, it's how much you care. But mm-hmm. now I actually believe even more than care is what you've experienced because kids yeah. can know that you care and they can know, you know, oh, this is what you know. But if you actually haven't experienced something, then, um, then you don't have much to say. So um, it's really through that, you know, with, with, with the leaders, it's let's, let's experience, let's tell, not only share our testimonies, but let's talk this out. Let's share our experiences with God's word and how it has transformed our lives. Yeah. And, and then, yes, let's memorize scripture. We, we obviously have a Bible reading plan. We have over 200 students on a U version plan, and they're all talking to each other back and forth um, on their phones. <laughs> so, so it's not that we don't believe there should be structure. Let's get it in our hearts. Let's get God's Word in our hearts as leaders. Let's get this community, um, this intentional biblical community from God's Word deep down in our hearts. And then God's going to take care of the rest on how that looks for the different individuals.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. I think I love that. You know, it's because you're right. People are so used to programs and kind of like 123, you know, ABC, how we're going to do things Mm -hmm. um, that like when my ministry, Young Life, when we step into things and you, uh, you have Christian families that come in and see how we do it. They're like, wait, where's the, bi-? and you're like, yeah, f- 45 an hour of this is just playing games and hanging out uh, to get their hearts ready to receive um, the gospel. We're not tricking anybody. We're not, you know, we're not getting our knees in prayer, but it's like, at the end of the day, these kids are going to get to hear the gospel and get to share it with their friends. Yeah. Um, and that's, and that's what's happening. And that's the best part is when you can take the experience that they have, they have had the kids that they can start sharing it to others and be like, bro, I don't know what's going on with me. I'm sure you've seen a kid like this. I don't know what's going on with me, but I got to share this with you. And last week I didn't want to share it with you, but this week I have to. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah. and relationships take time. And so people that want to say, well, this is how it should be done, or young life is, you know, it's watered down. They have no idea then really what it is to build relationships. And especially (laughs) with a God that they've never heard about or in the context Hmm. of, of scripture And I think the people that do that are the ones that have been Christians way too long and don't realize that they've been on a journey, that God's been patient with them. And and if they've been raised in the church and maybe their family has always been believers and they really can't speak to the process of that because they were born and raised in the church. You got kids that have no context of church. You can't just quote a scripture and then go, oh, yeah, I want that. And yeah. I would say if, if they do do that, then it's not going to last very long because anything of substance takes time to build. And anything yeah. in discipleship takes time. And, and um, so, yeah, dude, I love what Young Life is doing. Thanks,
0: bro. That's huge. That's so good, man. Give some good nuggets out here, bro. Um,
1: so this is my favorite question. Being a
0: 20-year-old guy, this is my selfish part. I get to learn from the people I have on here. Uh, what would you tell your 20-year-old self um, if you could go back like one or two lessons you would share to yourself as 20?
1: Man, early 20s are so many lessons. (laughs) I know everyone's different, but early 20s was tough for me personally. It was worse than teen years. Um, Oh, wow. You know what? I I go back and I probably would tell myself, oh, man, Um, trust the process and enjoy the progress. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is I think so often, like when I'm 20 years old, I wanted to get there. I wanted to be there. I wanted to be what I had envisioned, you know, as a pastor. I wanted to, I wanted to see, you know, when I was 14 years old and called uh, at the Assemblies of God Church there, I had this vision that I'd preach messages, people would come, they'd get saved, and then they'd bring a bunch of friends next week, and then the church would just explode and it would grow. Yeah. And that's just so far from the truth. Uh, in fact, probably 80% of my, uh, my quote unquote, job is, is, has nothing to do with preaching, mm-hmm. and there's a process to it. Not only um, as a job, but even personally, we're all on that process. And I think in the day and age that we live in, I'll go back to that: is it's just you're not seeing any of these guys that you're glorifying where they were at 21, 22, 23. You didn't see the tough conversations they had. You yeah. didn't. You didn't see uh, the failures that they had. That they had to learn the tough way um, to re to re figure out really what it meant to be a Christ follower, what it means to be a church yeah. leader. Uh, we weren't there when they had 20 people in, in their ministry and, uh, and they, they were questioning if they should give up and quit. We don't see that. We only see people's best. We, when you go to a conference, they're not having the person that's been in ministry for one year uh, share, which I actually think they should. I think that, I think conferences should have more people that aren't, haven't only been in ministry for 20 years, but also one year, because you can learn things and you can be reminded of things that happened a year ago that helped you get to where you are now. And so I would trust that process and, uh, not only in ministry, but even in your personal life, you trust the process that if you don't feel like you're quite there yet, that you trust (laughs) that, uh, the Holy spirit is guiding you. And even in yeah. your failures, even when you miss the mark, even when you don't get to where you thought you were going to be or be who you thought you were going to be, that you can trust that as long as you continue to go back to God's word, as long as you got that relationship with Jesus, you can put your hope and trust in him and then trust the process that he's developing you. And, and what I found, man, where I was 20 years ago and where I'm at now, and I'm not even talking about a position. I'm talking about the person. I would never yeah. be the person I am today if I didn't trust the process, because there were so mm-hmm. many times where it would have been easier to give up, to throw in the towel when I missed the mark, when I didn't, di- when things didn't go my way. And it, if it weren't for me to say, God, no, you've called me, and you've called me to be a Christ follower first, I'm gonna trust this. I'm gonna, even though it's yeah. painful, even in times where it's tough, where things go wrong, trust the process, because anybody that's anything to us has really trusted that process. And then I'd enjoy the progress. So sometimes we, like, we don't even realize where, we, where we've come from mm-hmm. because we're so consumed with an idea or an image on social media or even people that we look up to and mentors and that we don't even go, man, where I was two years ago isn't the same person I am now. And that, that right there should be celebrated. We should enjoy that. We should celebrate it. We should thank God for it. And too often we miss amazing God moments of thanking Him and having a thankful heart and a joyful heart of where we've been and where we are, that God's not going to take us to the next thing if we can't be faithful and thankfulness and joy um, in Him and celebrate what He's done in our lives. He's not going to give us more. And so yeah. that's probably what I'd say to my 20-year-old self, that even during the tough times, man, trust the process. It's only building you as a, as a person, and it's going to take you to places you never imagined when you actually don't give up and you continue to go god i'm going to trust you with every step
0: yeah wow yeah me dude that's speaking to me like cuz like that's kind of where i've been is like being 20 and it's tough being 20 when i'm the youngest person in these like leadership rooms yeah or in these youth pastor rooms or in any room yeah. that has leadership i'm like dang man like i'm the youngest person yeah. And so that's what makes my heart want to get like get to this certain spot, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, is because I'm like, well, if ever, if ever, if everyone else is there and I'm already in those rooms, um, then what does that mean? And uh, I I've, I've fought that battle and I'm still fighting that battle of like the position, uh, you know, and just I love that idea of just trusting the process um, and enjoying the part. Oh, man, that's so good. I wrote that down as soon as you said it.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, totally. man. that's for sure. I mean, it's a game changer, but it's very hard yeah. to live out in the moment for sure. For sure. But one thing I will say is you never arrive either. So like I thought that if I get to a certain point in my life and, and, and uh, who I am as a person and what I'm doing, that then I wouldn't have that tension anymore. And if you can't figure it out now, you're not going to figure it out later. There's always going to be more that we want. And so we've got to, try, yeah. it never just stops. And that's what I tell high scorers all the time. They're like, well, I just wish I was at this point or I wish I had, uh, you know, this influence. Well, when you get that influence, you're going to want more because God's put that in our hearts to continue to reach more people for Jesus and to have that wow. influence. So you're never going, so if you don't get that principle now, you're not going to get it later.
0: Yeah. That's huge, man. Yeah. Sweet, bro. Matt, you're killing it, bro. <laughs> um, sweet. Well, last question, man. Um, and you've kind of already answered a little bit of this question, um, which I really loved. But why is this generation so important to you?
1: Well, man, again, I'll, I'll go, I don't know if I just said this, but whoever wins the teenagers wins the future. I mean, whoever wins this generation literally is if we win the future, that this generation yeah. is the hope of not only the world, but the church. And the church is the hope of the world. So if we don't teach kids really uh, biblical living, then there is no future for the church. Hmm. So I, I love kids ministry and, and churches are huge on kids ministry. and We should be because, you, you, you know, kids ministry, in my opinion, is is, is, is I, I would say is one of the most important uh, ministries of, of church. Uh, yeah. And a lot of people will say it is the most important. But what I know is that when you get to teen years, that's when you actually own your faith. Mm. And so we can train little kids, four, five, six year olds, and we need to, the Bible. And they can know the Bible all they want, but you can know the Bible and not serve the God of the Bible. And, yeah. and that's at the point of teen years when literally you're choosing, I am going to follow Jesus. This is going to yeah. be my faith. I am going to obey scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't just know it, but I'm going to actually do it. I'm going to live it out. This is who I am. I'm going to allow it to transform my life. And so, man, if we, we train a bunch of kids up in knowing scripture, but then we don't have a youth ministry or uh, uh, a ministry for youth, and we're not reaching yeah. the youth, well, then they'll have a lot of head knowledge, but they're not actually living it out. And again, I'll go back to that. People don't care anymore what you know. They care mm-hmm. that, that the scripture is transforming your life. And so this generation is the most important generation, in my opinion, um, just because that it's the future. And this is the kids becoming and creating habits. That These are the habits that are created in adulthood. Yeah. So, you know, if we can teach kids how to have healthy relationships, not say, hey, don't date, but hey, have a healthy dating relationship, mm-hmm. well, then no matter what, if, that per- if they break up or not, they've, they've chosen to honor each other, each other through that relationship. Then the breakup is not as hard, uh, tough, because they've actually honored each other and they've, yeah. and they've waited and they've, they've, they've lived uh, biblical, uh, intentional lives in their lives. But if we don't reach this generation, and they just, hey, let me just live however I want and date whoever I want and do whatever I want in, the, in that relationship. And they just keep breaking up with people off and on. Well, you're, you're practicing divorce when you're 40 years old because you're used to then just going to relationship to relationship to relationship and yes. doing whatever you want. And so really, I don't care how much they know. I, because I know a lot of Christians that know a lot of the Bible and that are, they've devastated their families because they're divorced and their kids no longer are serving God. Yeah. And so I, I know I'm a successful youth pastor, not right now, but ask me when these kids are 40 years old, these students, are mm-hmm. still serving Jesus and their kids are serving Jesus. Then I know I did my job. And so that's why I think it's the, important genera- the most important generation in the yeah. time, teenage years, because we are creating our habits now and our habits will go with us into our adult life. That's huge. So,
0: wow. Wow.
1: Anyways. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Man, you tell you're passionate about that one, bro. Um, Yeah. I really am. Yeah. I love it. Uh, I guess one more question, you know, I lied to you. Sorry. Um, but I think, man, as I hear from you and as just in the small conversations I've had, uh, from you, you're not just about encouraging like this generation, you're really about encouraging the people that are leading this generation. Um, you know, you have your conferences where you're encouraging all the youth pastors, uh, that are encouraging this generation. So I guess my last question would be like, um, how could you encourage, um, you know, in two to three minutes, how could you encourage a youth leader, a youth pastor? And, um, you know, not just like a 20 year old guy, but the guy that's been doing it for five years. And is like, I'm not seeing growth. I'm not seeing kids grow. I'm not seeing kids, um, follow these biblical principles. Like what do I do? Um, because You're really great at encouraging people, and I believe you're also really great at encouraging uh, pastors as well. So, how would you do that?
1: So, you're specifically, I have a pastor that's saying, Man, I'm just not seeing any growth or anything like that. Yeah. 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 You know, a couple things. You know, Galatians 6 9 says, um, Let us not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Yeah, And I think that's the first thing and foremost is just because it doesn't look like how we thought it was going to look, God still owns the picture. He still sees the painting. He still yeah. sees what he's doing behind the scenes. And I think we put a lot of hope in our trust in ourselves at times. Like if, hmm. if I don't see the youth ministry growing, then something's wrong with me. But if you look through a bunch of different but biblical stories, I mean, you had um, Moses who never got to see the promised land. So was, yes. was, was he unsuccessful? No, he actually trained young Joshua up. Yep. And, and so, man, we so put it in our little lives, this little tiny uh, portion of our, of our lives. And we say, if we don't see the picture, we don't see the growth in, in 40 years of my ministry and the church didn't grow and my ministry uh, didn't grow, then I must have missed it. I must not have been successful. Um, and that's just not true because my uh, youth pastor, you know, we probably, uh, actually let's just go back to when growing up in the Baptist church, I grew up in, you know, I'm sure that pastor was very discouraged a lot of times. It was a church of about 60 people Mm -hmm. and they didn't know who was in that audience. There was a little kid in that audience who they trained through a WANA program, how to reach, read God's word, how to memorize scripture. Um, And that person was me. And not to say, well, look, this is your success story. I'm just saying we never know who's sitting in our youth ministry. So we may only have 30, but what if one of those kids that you've poured into and you didn't give up, you are going to reap a harvest, but it's going to be through their lives. And and I would make the argument that if it stops with me, then I'm not successful anyways. If I grow a, a youth ministry to a thousand kids and then that's it and all those kids came to church and that's all and they didn't make an impact on this world, I am not successful at all. If you got a guy who has 30 youth and all 30 of those youth are disciples of Jesus and then go out and make other disciples um, of Jesus, well, then that person's more successful than I am. Yeah. And so we've got to be really careful with how we define success. And God's mm-hmm. the only um, person that can define success. And, and at the end of the day, success is that I love God, I love my wife, my kids, and I love people to the best of my ability. And at yeah. the end of that, I mean, however it looks, I can I can actually uh, put hope in that God's story is being written even if it's past my my life. Yeah, um, and that's how I would encourage them. and And it's not easier said than, or it's easier said than done. I get that, but I've lived through that. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes people can look even at what God's doing at Next Gen and go, "Well, you don't understand." But again, you can be at a certain port. A part in your life you're always gonna have a moment where you want more and you and you that's why i go back to you have to trust the process because even where we're yeah. at right now of course i want to reach more students and i don't know that we we will get to a point where we see as many kids as i want to reach but that's all right because the kids that god has given us he's entrusted us with those kids and those kids yeah. need something they matter that one kid in your youth ministry if you've got two or more that that's a ministry Yep. And so I'd encourage those pastors, don't give up. Keep going. Those kids need you. And too often we, we see youth pastors bouncing around because they've done everything they think they can do in a year and a half. And I'm like, man, ministry is, it, with people is, has to be longer than a year and a half. Yeah. It's fruit that we could all have experienced. And many people, and I get people need to leave churches uh, for different reasons, and I get all that. I've been through a couple transitions. I, I understand that, but I think too often yeah. we throw in the towel because after a year and a half, it's not sexy anymore. After a year <laughs> and a half, we've, we've yeah. built up our leadership team to the best of our abilities. We have as many kids as we think we're going to get. And then something happens where a parent gets angry at us or we don't like the pastor's decision. And we say, well, peace, I'll go build something else somewhere else. And I'll say yeah. that I, 100% of the time uh, that people leave because they're upset with a pastor or a parent or because it got tough. Man, I always want to leave when it's easy. I, mm-hmm. I want to leave a ministry when, um, when I feel like everything's going great. I don't yeah. ever want to leave a ministry when it gets tough because it's through that tough, that part, that, that um, it's just like working out. When it gets tough and you get sore, that means your yeah. muscle's being built. And it, mm-hmm. we don't even see it yet. When you're sore the next day and you look in the mirror, you're not saying, man, look at how bigger I look. It takes time. And yeah. so I would encourage pastors out there that are maybe even listening to this, that I don't care how many kids you have in your youth ministry or how hard it gets, you will, cons- you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. And it may not look like the kind of harvest you want, but it's going to be greater than filling up a building. It's going to yeah. be life's change. It's going to be families, legacies forever. That one kid that just gave their life to Christ two years ago and is serving Jesus, he- he's going to be a great, 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 great grand- grandpa in a family tree one day. And they're going to be able to trace back that great, 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 great grandpa that uh, got saved by jesus and changed the family tree forever yeah so it's got to be that's bigger huge. than, than uh, what we're filling up in our in our weekly services
0: yeah bro so. amen man amen on that one um it's so much bigger than just numbers yeah. um it's so much bigger than just you know hey I, hey I know that kid's name but do you know that kid's story yeah um, yeah that's what that's what i like to tell my leaders is yeah cool you know the kid's name is jimmy but do you know Jimmy's, what Jimmy's dad is? Do you know what Jimmy's mom is? Do you know um, that his grandpa is dying? Like, do you know all of the more nuanced part? Because um, relationships is how um, kids are growing. Kids want experiences like you were saying. Yeah. Well, Matt, thank you so much, bro, for coming on this podcast and just sharing some truth dude Nate, i
1: love what you're doing man i love that you don't have to have a title of like oh i'm a pastor full-time in ministry to be doing this podcast i'm um, just encouraged by you dude keep on going this is just an awesome thing you're doing and uh, dude as a 20 year old you're inspiring a guy like me just to keep on going and uh, to not allow titles or how something should look that people think should look and how ministry should look, you're doing it in, um, in a, in your own way. And that's inspiring, yeah. man. So keep doing what you're doing. I love what you're doing.
0: Thank you. I really appreciate that, man. Yeah, man. Um,
1: Thanks for having sweet, me man. On today.
0: Yeah, of course. Do you have anything you want to share how people can connect with you? Anything like that?
1: Yeah. I mean, if anyone ever wants to connect, you can uh, email me at M harder H E R D E R at NL and uh, I mean, I'm also on all the social media platforms, uh, MD Harder, but uh, I'd rather connect on email. So we're kind of going back and forth. If, if anyone hears this and, and has any questions or wants to connect, I'm, I'm always uh, open to uh, grabbing a cup of coffee. So. Sounds good. All right, Sweet. Hey, well, thank you.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, man. Um, well, again, thanks for listening to the Youth of the Nation podcast. And uh, that was Matt Harder giving us some truth. And we'll see you next week. Peace. thanks again for listening to the youth of the nation podcast i hope you enjoyed today's episode and don't forget to check us out next week also if you want to communicate with me there's a google form which you can send any feedback questions or even a shout out to me go ahead and check that out in the description and also follow me on instagram at underscore kybert again at underscore kybert don't forget to follow me on instagram keep it real keep it love
1: peace